House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Okay, welcome back to the interview part of the show. And joining us is the one and only Saint Suki Delacroix. Thank you for being here, Suki. Well, thank you for asking me. Well, so um, here we go. Uh, now, I, uh, first of all, um, uh, maybe let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, like, where where did you come from? And and uh, b before we get into your book and stuff, um, uh, some of your history. Okay. Well, I was born in England in the city of Bath, like a bathroom, and um, <laughs> it's very near. It's right in the West Country, very near Stonehenge. Um, my parents were, uh, well, my mother was nuts, but uh, my parents were very, very poor. I grew up in, um, um, just after the war, I was born in 1951, and so I grew up in the aftermath of World War II. So I was playing in the bomb sites, basically, and, uh, and also we had ration books, and, and it wasn't until... A quite recently that I started to look back at my childhood and I and I I'm surprised when well, I actually wrote a book about it called the memoir of a Groucho Marxist but when I was writing that book I looked back to my childhood and I was surprised by how much the war affected me because I was brought up by a generation of people that were damaged not only physically but mentally and uh, because of World War Two. Uh, but it was a good time. It was a good time to grow up. You know, I, I'm glad I came from um, a working class family that had very little money because uh, it made me appreciate um, everything around me. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that with like the current pandemic and you, the way a lot of people are are handling or not handling the the, the things like just wearing a mask or doing something simple? Um, how do you think, do you think it's just because we've become very spoiled as compared to like, like when you were growing up and, and even myself and, uh, you know, when things were rationed and, and the things people went through for the war and, and afterwards uh, was such, such more than it is now? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I do know that I was 39 years old when I moved to this country. And I grew up in um, a city that was built by the Romans originally. And I moved to Chicago at the age of 39. And it was a culture shock. And I discovered quite quickly that about one third of Americans are idiots. I mean, completely uneducated people. The rest of them are wonderful. But there's, there's a hardcore one third that seems to be uneducated. And that surprised me because I, I grew up in the 60s always thinking that the, the American uh, education system was so much better than the British one. But when I got here and I started uh, meeting people, I, I, I was really quite surprised. And um, I, I told... Uh, my husband years ago, I said, one third of this country 
the adults in this country are fascists, and all they need to take over is to have a charismatic leader. And I'm pleased to say I was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Proven, proven all over. You know, yeah, it's it's pretty scary. Only the, it is very scary. The only difference is Hitler, for all his awfulness, was not he. He did have a plan, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which was a, it was a terrible plan, but he had one, and this current thing uh, does not have a plan. He's like it's like the country is ruled by a four-year-old toddler, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No ambition. No. 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 No direction. Um, craziness. No. It, it's not. No. It's nothing. And I think you know. I, a lot of people do need to be told what to do. And when you had the president saying, don't wear a mask, well, in the middle of a pandemic, then people are going to die, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it, it just, it, it's a terrible, it's a terrible shame. But I'll tell you the worst thing about it for me um, I see these people, these religious people saying, don't wear masks. And then you see them dying of uh, the pan from the COVID-19. And I don't have any empathy for them. I don't care because I think you asked for this. And I resent the fact that they've taken away my empathy and kindness. Right. And that, that's what I'm kind of dealing with at the moment with this pandemic yeah it just seems such a shame that we this is just, happening we were just discussing that before uh, actually you came on about how i have left twitter because it's just turned into this awful place that where everybody is attacking each other it's it's a bizarre world it is i mean it, it's strange i mean i sit in my office and i look out the window and i see mountains but i also know out there there's chaos Absolute chaos. And it, it just seems like, it seems a shame to me. I'm not a religious person at all. I'm not a spiritual person. But um, I, I do, I wish this wasn't happening. Right, right. And I you agree know. totally that... Um, we go we on to a very serious subject here. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but that's what we do here. We, we have good conversations with people that write and... <laughs> And, and that and um, right. it kind of leads in because you've been writing these books and I know that this one is just coming out or did it come out already um, this, tell me about it tell me about it yeah number three uh, yeah what happened was I came to I was working for the gay press in England I was writing for um, Capital Gay in London and Gay Times all of them really I'm freelance but when I moved to Chicago, I started working for uh, the, the papers there. And uh, I, I was like a reporter and a news photographer. And I was associate editor of the Windy City Times and managing editor of Night Spot. But when I, got, when I first got over there, I, I heard these two old leather queens in a bar. And they were, of course, I was. 39 they were about my, the age i am now but they were wearing they were arguing drunk and arguing and, <laughs> yeah. 
and it was very entertaining. But they were arguing about the exact address of some old leather bar in the past. And I thought, what an odd thing to, uh, you know, argue about. And I started listening to other people's conversations, which is what writers do, or they should do. And I started hearing, they were talking about the mafia and the bars and, you know, where I come from, we don't have the mafia in Bath. There's, in Bath, we don't have the mafia. We have a chrysanthemum society and a fuchsia society who hate each other. <laughs> That's what we have over there. You know, and uh, people argue about tea plates. We don't have the mafia, right? So I'm in this town where I'm hearing these stories, and I went to the publisher of uh, Windy City Times, and I said, look, I'm hearing these stories about the old days and is anybody writing this down and she said no and I, these stories are going to be lost so I went out after six years 1,000 words a week I went to the bars I interviewed every, anybody I could find I heard stories that were amazing I, I interviewed a 96 year old man who died the week after I talked to him he went to a speakeasy uh, to see a drag show, he was underage, in Prohibition. So I was getting all these people and it ended up where I thought at some point somebody's got to write a book about the history of lesbian and gay Chicago. So I waited and waited and in the end I thought, oh, oh God, I'm going to have to do this myself. And I wrote a book called Chicago Whispers, uh, the history of LGBT um, uh, people in Chicago before Stonewall. I honestly cannot remember the title. It was in 2012. <laughs> but the book was very successful, you know, because um, the first gay group in America was in Chicago in 1924. And I found out lots of information about this group that nobody else had ever known about. So anyway, I did this book. At the same time, Owen Keenan was in Chicago writing... He also is obsessed with the history of lesbian and gay Chicago. So we were both working on books. We both published books. We kind of knew each other. But it wasn't until I moved to Palm Springs, he phoned me. And I don't know, even know how it started, but we came up with the idea. Oh, I know what. Whatever it was, he said, why don't we go out into the gay community and ask everybody 15 questions and see what happens. So I said, well, okay. So we came up with 15 questions, and I said, give me the weekend. And I went to a friend of mine here who's uh, in the rock music business, and I said, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. So I said, where was the strangest place you ever had sex? And he said, on Edgar Allan Poe's grave. <laughs> And I thought, oh, we've got to do this book. <laughs> we have to do this book because I want to read it. The books I write are books that I want to read that nobody else is willing to write. That's basically what my writing career is. So I said, well, let's go ahead. Let's see what happens. You know, we can always just dump this idea. So we went out there and we asked everybody 15 questions. Some people answered the questions on their own. Some people, I sat with them, and he sat with people, or we interviewed people over the phone or Skype or whatever. And, of course, I was just thinking it would be America. But 
once she put something on Facebook, we started getting all this stuff from Australia and Britain and Wales of all places. Who knew there was a lesbian in Wales? You know, I didn't know there was anybody living in Wales. I thought it was all sheep. So they're all doing. They're all sending out <laughs> these questions. So we got them all in, and I, I think we were stunned. I, I honestly think we were shocked at what happened because we got these amazing stories. And the book came out, and we wondered if it would sell. But I didn't really care because I wanted. To, I just knew it was a good idea, and we just knew that it's so important to. Maybe we're stupid. Maybe we're deluding ourselves, you know. But both of us think that these stories have to be written down. All of our stories have to be written down, and the reason is. When he and I were writing our books, when I wrote Chicago Whispers, it starts from 1673 and stops at 1969 on the night of Stonewall. And when you research gay history and you go back to the 20s, you can find out what the, some of the famous female impersonators were doing, but you'll never find out what the guy in the shop was doing or the guy in the store. What, how did the plumber, gay plumbers live back then? Were there gay plumbers? You know, you find out about Oscar Wilde and people like that, but just regular people, people I call ordinary people with extraordinary lives. <clears throat> you can't find out anything. Nobody documented that. So we're doing this, so maybe we're being whimsical, but I don't care. In a hundred years, I want people, when people like I come along and want to research history, they're going to know what regular people did because we're doing the tell me about it books you know this is real people's lives when was the first time you went to a gay bar you know were you bullied at school did, what happened when you came out to your parents and so we started asking these questions and we thought hey, tell me about it and then there was such a response to it especially from people who didn't get in there because they weren't quick enough that we started on Tell Me About It too, mm. And then Tell Me About It too came out six months later, and we've just done Tell Me About It 3. Wow. And we're actually going to do Tell Me About It 4. We're doing another one. So if you want to answer the questions, you let me know later. <laughs> we, haven't got the, we, we haven't actually got the questions yet. <laughs> yet oh. <done>. But... Uh, <laughs> Oh, this is, I think it's fascinating, but because I think you're you're true. I think that um, so much happens in in our regular lives, and it doesn't get um, written about or talked about unless you're a star or somebody that's doing something special in the world. That's right. And so I think it's fascinating because because uh, now we look back and we're we're old enough to realize how much the world has changed in our lifetime. That's right. Yes, it has. For gay people, the change is phenomenal. You know, I, I remember when um, they decided they would have gays and allow gays into the military in this country. I was shocked. I never thought I'd see that, ever. And then gay marriage, you know, who would have thought that? I don't know how old you are. I'm 69 in a couple of months. This was never even 
on my radar. You know, this was, we grew up, all grew up in a different time. But I do, I was married. Um, I have children. I have two children. I have four grandchildren. And I have two great-grandchildren. Wow. I know, it's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> well... I had I I had a, a people people say did you were you hiding your sexuality No I wasn't hiding it I was um, I was just horny you know <laughs> <laughs> Well that's... if I could out, if, I, if, if I could outrun it and trip it up I jumped on it you know yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a beautiful wife and I tell people I was under the impression that we were having lesbian sex. I had no idea there were any children involved in it. I thought we were lesbians. That's what I tell people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I don't know how to follow that one up. Um, geez. Uh, so, <laughs> it never catch me off guard. So in these stories that you're writing, how do you select which ones you're going to put in? Because if you're getting so many of them. Right. Um, I, we, I, we don't put in, yeah, we don't put in anything that's, um, some people, not many, but some people have a tendency to use the opportunity for writing their, uh, porno, porno, pornographic memories. And, um, we don't, I don't like anything too sexual like that. Uh, that's not what the book is about. We all, we all have sex. We all do different things. We all know what we do. And I don't think that the details of that are necessary. So if it's too, um, if it's too sexual, I usually fight against it. And then we discuss it to see what goes in. Owen doesn't like, we do do things like, um, when did you first realize you were gay? And there, there's a brilliant one I can't say because you told me I can't swear, but um, somebody, somebody found, let me translate it into proper, nice English. Somebody found out they were gay when they were engaged in an act with their brother. Oh, boy. Now, I'm, I know all children experiment. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know that. I did. But um, uh, we didn't put that in because it, it, it was just too much. And I think it would have distracted the reader away from all the other wonderful stories we had in there. Mm. So, um, but I did feel bad about leaving it out because it was this man's memory. You know, we always think, Owen and I always think that people's memories are absolutely sacred. And um, we don't edit either. I mean, we edit, you know, spelling mistakes and all the rest of it, but we don't cut anything out. If there's, any, if there's a little something that's we consider to be dubious, then we take out the whole quote. Right. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, but we've got some, uh, and in, in Tell Me About It 3, we have um, a Pakistani uh, man who is in exile in America from, he's, I think, I don't know if he's Muslim, I'm not sure, but um, he answered all the questions. We also have an Italian prince. And I thought it was a joke, I'll be honest with you, until I checked up on him. 
He's from one of the oldest Italian uh, aristocratic families. He was thrown out of the family um, because of his homosexuality. And he now lives in Bulgaria, of all places, with his lover. So that was quite, that was, that was quite interesting. We had somebody from Trinidad with some interesting stories, and um, some from Britain. Uh, my ex-lover wanted to do the, uh, answer the questions. I was pissed. I thought, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? Am I going to be mentioned, you know? Um, but he did actually say I was good in bed. So I put that one in. <laughs> well, that's important. <laughs> so, yeah, so, it, yeah, it's been interesting. I'm, you know, lesbians from all over the place. I, I went to the Cathedral City Transgender Health and Wellness Center and interviewed some of the transgender people there, and that was really an eye-opener for me. Um, it's never... I mean, I was born male. I'm still male. I, I never, for, even for one second, crossed my mind that I wanted to be female. And um, so it, it was like a, it was a learning experience because these, uh, the women I talked to are just so articulate. And I never realized the, the problems that uh, trans people have. Um, I should have. But I didn't until I talked to these people. So we're, everybody's learning from this, yeah. from these books. Well, it's, I think, it's yeah. fascinating. Well, I think that's important because sometimes we get lost in our own um, battles, our own uh, challenges, you know, like, you know, in the gay world. And, uh, and um, it's different than uh, transgender and what, what they have to go through. Um, so it's good. It's a good thing. Um, yeah, it is, yeah. What was the most... Did you have any stories in here that really shocked you? I mean, you've been around. Yeah, so. I, I, yeah, no, yeah, 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 I've been knocking around a long time, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I, I was surprised by wherever anybody is in the world... When they first go to a gay bar, they drive around the block three times, and they're all nervous. They turn out their collar to go into the bar. Uh, I, I was I was a bit surprised about that, um, but of course I I was in a gay bar when I was fifteen, and it wasn't because I was gay. And I have I have not answered these questions myself. <clears throat> and um, I said I'm waiting for tell me about it twenty five. Then I'll do mine. But um. No, my parents, when I was a teenager, my parents used to go to bingo on a Saturday night in Bath. And they would come out, and my father could only manage to get to the nearest bar because he liked to drink. And that was the gay bar. So any time on the Saturday night, if I wanted to find them, I would go to the gay bar. And there they were. And nobody checked IDs back then. I... I I don't think there is any IDs in England. There wasn't, certainly wasn't in the 60s. Nobody, nobody stopped me going in the bar anyway. <laughs> but no, and, and I was also surprised by how many people were bullied. Mm. And that was, but there's some heartbreaking stories in there. So one of the, one was, um, 
what happened when you told when your parents found out you were gay and one one man said they they got a detective to follow me and i thought oh my god but that's what kind of parents did you have there's people that get thrown out of the house and people that don't see their parents for decades you know a lesbian from mississippi she hasn't seen her parents for a long time so yeah it's i i just find the whole thing absolutely well, it's like gossip isn't it really yeah you know it's everybody else's life there, there was a couple of tell me about it live events here in palm springs and I, and we went along and people came and i asked them i asked them to tell i would ask questions and they would talk and answer the questions and this when you have people that have never nobody's ever asked them about their lives they're not boy george you know they're none of those people these are people that nobody's ever come along and said, I want to know about your life. I am interested in your life, you know. Mm. I did interview, it wasn't for these books, but there was a woman, an African-American woman in Chicago, and I was interviewing her for, for the column I was writing. And she was talking about, she was, she was at Woodstock, and she was in the Gay Liberation Front, she was very active. And... At the end, I always ask people, is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't? And she said, no. She said, but I was a black panther. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah, that, you, you forgot that? <laughs> you know? This le black lesbian, she's dead now, this activist, she walked through the streets of Chicago with a gun over her shoulder with other black panthers. And I thought, people, a lot of people say, oh, but my life is so boring. And I say, because that's, you lived it, but it's not boring to everybody else. Mm. Well, you know, walking, everybody, everybody. <laughs> hmm? Walking around with a, a rifle and being a Black Panther is not boring. <laughs> no, but she thought that was just a part of her life. So she didn't even bother to mention it. So I pushed her. You know, I said, oh, oh, yeah, I did, you know. So it was, yeah, it, it's proving to be really quite interesting and not quite what we thought. You know, we, we didn't really have an idea of the effect this would have, but um, people are loving telling their stories. They, they, they enjoy being asked. I got a, one of my neighbors was a fighter pilot He's in his 90s. One of my other neighbors is British man. He was a wig maker in Hollywood. And he made Elizabeth Taylor's wigs for Cleopatra. He also made the ape suits for 2001. I have another neighbor that he just mentioned after half an hour that he dated one of the village people. So <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. You know, people, and I met some, I, there's an old guy here who grew up in, uh, I can't remember the name of the place, in, in the Texas Panhandle. And 76, he's 70, no, he's nearly 80. I mean, what was that like, being gay in the Texas Panhandle all those, all those years ago? It's fascinating. No, it's, it's great. Um, 
what, how, how has has each book um, had an effect on you? Have you have you guys come up out of out of a book kind of changed? Do you know what I mean? Did it sort of affect your life? Um, only in as much as I feel like I'm doing something useful. I, I do feel that this is, and Owen as well feels the same thing. That this is the reason we're here. That this is, it's a, it's a mission to document the lives of LGBTQ people, and the thing we do when we go looking for these things, we we say. Anybody, any, any LGBTQ, anywhere in the world, any age, any thing can answer these questions. We don't discriminate against anybody, you know. So I would like to get more young people. And, uh, but that's something we're going to work on, you know. I was contacted by the Spanish... The, uh, the gay center in Madrid, and they've just started documenting their history um, in Spain. In in Spain, and that noise. So they just started documenting. They just started. They just started documenting their history in Spain. So they wanted to know about the project we were doing, which was quite interesting. So, and they did one of them. He was actually from Uruguay, but he lives in Spain. He went through the Franco. He's gay all the way through the Franco regime. But his English was... He, he wanted to answer the questions himself, but it was very broken English. And I wish I could have interviewed him myself face-to-face, but that wasn't going to happen. So we got what we got. Hmm. But um, no, it, it, it's I, I just find the whole thing. D- did it change me? Yeah, I, I, it's it makes me it, it drives me on because I'm si- I'm 69 years old in a couple of months, and I, you know writers don't retire. Writers, um, what happens with writers is at some point somebody breaks their door down because there's a bad smell, and they find them dead somewhere in a garret. That's what happens to writers. <laughs> Hovering <laughs> over the computer, over the typewriter, or with a pen in their hand, you know. And I really want to go out like that because I, 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 I've always been of the opinion that when you stop working, you die. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I haven't got everybody's story yet. You haven't. You haven't. Filled, you haven't answered these questions. I am <laughs> going to send you the next batch of questions. <laughs> well, what is it in the in the questions? What is it you look for in particular? Like, what is it that um, you're asking about? Is there is there some direction you have? <clears throat> Absolutely none. Oh. <laughs> okay. None at all. Like, let me give you just a couple of questions from the third volume. What are the best and worst parts of going out to the bars and clubs? Oh, this this was this, this, this was an interesting question. Tell me about. No, you know what? I'm going to ask you a question. Tell me about the one that got away. Oh, they never get away. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> I want them. They're not leaving. They're they're stuck. We've I've had a couple. I had a Cuban guy who said, "What do you mean get away? I just worked the snake." <laughs> oh, 
Well, there you. I, I, I don't. Yeah, no, not me. I. Just... But that that was actually, that was actually a really really popular question, because I think people often do have one that got away, uh, and just watching people's faces light up, you know, it is it's just worth it just for that. Yeah. Well, you know, the, but the, the one that got away is really kind of, uh, I think, an imagination in a sense, uh, because it's one that you might have had feelings for that it never worked out. So we kind of imagine right. what it would have been. And probably if you did get. get That's right. Yeah, but probably if you did get together with him, uh, you know, they'd not be remembered so, so fondly. Right, yeah. but that's what makes them magic. That's what makes them magical, because they're memories, you know. And, and yeah, they probably would have gone completely wrong. We don't know. I mean, <laughs> there was. Uh, I interviewed somebody from um, Los Angeles, an African American guy, and he met somebody, and it was an Australian, and they were they had a relationship and they were in love, but the Australian had to go back to America, and he said, "Come with me," but of course he was scared to go. You know, so he was young and he was scared to move to Australia. Yeah. But he wonders even now, you know, he wonders even now if that would have worked. And that, but that's why the memories are important. I think a lot of people, most people have got one that got away, that maybe could have worked out. Yeah. I know when I met my husband, I met my husband. And I didn't know whether, we've been together 32 years, and I didn't know it was going to be like that. And the week after I met him, the most gorgeous man came up to me and asked, said, I heard that you've left your boyfriend, and he wanted to date me, and he was stunning. And I said, no, I just met somebody else. Oh. I don't know. Would, some, would something have happened? I don't know. I'll tell you, that's been the most popular question, though, that, that we've asked. Well, they all ran away from me, so I'm... <laughs> 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 they'd, have, I, I, they'd have to run pretty fast to get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other one, one question was, when did you first hear about AIDS? I mean, that brings, you know, Yeah. there's a lot of, tear, there's a lot of tear jerkers in here. You know, and a lot of happiness and a lot of sadness. But it's like life. You know, it's what life is all about. Mm -hmm. Right. And we have we some cultural things like um, what movies or TV shows best capture your funny as well as your serious side. You know, it's um, we don't all live in a ghetto, you know. So when did you first realize you were different is one of the questions. You know, how did your parents react when you came out to them? So... Yeah, I, I was shocked by the bullies, though. I, w I wasn't bullied. I was bullied once, and let's just say he never did it again. Good. <laughs> 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 and he now and he now wears glasses. Oh, well, there you go. Uh huh. Uh huh. I wrote the story in, the, in my book, the memoir of a great Marxist. I'm plugging myself here. Oh, just get it all out. <laughs> Get it all. But I, I'm just wondering, do you, do you notice changes in, in the answers to the questions uh, as related to um, when the person had the experience? 
so like someone that was you know 20 years old in in the 1960s um, do they all kind of answer the same and is it different than someone that maybe was that age in the 1980s well the the, the influences are different I mean the older you can feel it the older gays my age 65 70 you can tell they're influenced by Judy Garland and, you know, that that stuff. And they're always a little bit more guarded. You know, they didn't, when they, when they talk about their teenagers, they weren't dancing in discos. <laughs> but younger people they hit the 70s. You know, they, they went through that promiscuous uh, disco phase. And so there is a difference there. And... The ones that came out in the 80s, you know, they always say, oh, I wish I lived in the 70s. You know, because they read about Bette Midler singing in the bathhouse and <laughs> and all that stuff, you know. And, you know, village people and all that, which I, personally, I would rather stick pins in my eyeballs <laughs> than listen to disco. Yeah. Or Judy Garland, for that matter. But, um, you know, but there, there were these cultural things that people just absorbed as they went through their gay life, you know. So I wish I had more. I did interview a young transgendered person who must have been about 20. And, <laughs> and I, I, I obviously recorded the interview. I had to look it all up. They were talking about video games and... and Talk, uh, they mentioned dabs, something about smoking marijuana and dabs. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I had to go Google everything they said because <laughs> I had no idea what they were talking I had no idea what they were talking about, none. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that was kind of different. I would like more young, younger people. I don't know where to go. I live in Palm Springs, you know. Yeah. If, you're, if, you're, <laughs> if you're 65 in Palm Springs, you're chicken of the desert. <laughs> you're a youngin uh, well yeah you're just going to have to uh search out you have to, you're going to have to get online and get some of those those nasty well, gay we, apps we, and i'm gonna have to get one grinder yeah <laughs> start start meeting the young ones oh goodness me i listen to teenagers i i i have kids i have grandchildren i have great-grandchildren I only managed to have one gay one, though. <laughs> oh. My, my grandson came out recently. and um, But he lives in England. I mean, in England, everybody's gay, aren't they? Really? <laughs> Except for Boris well, they act, Johnson. They act oh, no, please. Oh, please. What, what yeah. are they doing? What's wrong with that country? <laughs> Well, it seems to be catching on everywhere. Canada's the same one. They've got the good looker, you know. Oh, yes, and he's so good to look at from the back. That's what I want. <laughs> nice bump I wanna, from. I don't want to be superficial, but I want a president that's good to look at from the back. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. That's not going to happen. Uh, not in our <laughs> lifetime. God, no. No, no, no. It's not looking no, good. No, it's not. It's not looking but good. I'd settle for something that wasn't orange blob. Yeah. <laughs> well, at this point now, anything would be good. So, you know. Yes, anything. Yes, I, I'd vote for a sandwich. Yeah. 
so so you've got a um I was gonna say you've also got a website, don't you? Like a blog. And Do I? Uh, or do you or do you not... <laughs> news to me. Oh <laughs> No, I don't I used to do I used to do a blog for the Chicago Tribune. Believe it or not, I did a blog for that. <laughs> Well, they let me get away with it for a while. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But no, I don't. I don't do. I know I don't do a blog. No, I'm very active on Facebook because I, um, I'm in touch. I, I like to keep in touch with people all over the world. You know, otherwise, I'm going to lose touch with people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I. But I, no, I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't have time to do a blog. Oh, because I found you on the ChicagoNow.com under bitter old queen. Oh, that bitter old queen, yes. That was the one. That's that's a that's the Chicago Tribune. Yeah, they yeah they um. Well, I'm I'm not telling you why I left. Why well, it was to do with money. That's why I left. Yeah. <laughs> well, there wasn't any. They oh, suddenly yeah. cut the money off. Well, you're still up. So, the bitter old. Oh, queen. you googled me? Yeah. Oh God. I'm yeah, the bitter old queen, queen is yes. still up. Yeah. <laughs> well. There you go. There you Don't go. believe my Wikipedia, my Wikipedia page. That's a story in itself. I got this phone call, got this phone call, or an email or something from. I never had a Wikipedia page, and I don't care. Right. I don't care about that kind of thing. But a fourteen-year-old boy contacted me, and he said they were studying my book, Chicago Whispers, the gay history book, in class, and I'm thinking. Fourteen? What? What's going on? You know, <laughs> what kind of school you know, is that? Yeah, what kind of school are you going to? Like homo school or something? <laughs> oh. The school, the D- yeah, Saint Bagot, you know, Saint Bagot school. Yeah. So anyway, so he contacted me. He said, "I noticed you don't have a Wikipedia page. Could I do one for you as a project?" And I thought, oh, God. And I didn't want to, you know, dissuade somebody, you know, who was so enthusiastic. I said, I'm going to have to talk to your teacher. You're a 14-year-old, you know. Yeah. And um, so I did talk to him, and he wrote my Wikipedia page, which is crap. You've got to look at it. It's hilarious. And uh, someone, <laughs> someone said, well, you can go in and change it. You can put everything right. And I thought, no, I don't think I will. You know, it was that young man, that young man's project, and if everybody gets the wrong idea about me, that's just fine. I don't care. <laughs> Let them get the wrong idea. Oh, so, wow. yeah, that's the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Jeez, you know, I, I saw it, but I didn't look at it because, you know, it's Wikipedia. I just, you know. <laughs> you know. It, it, it's, it's, it's a very weird version of my of my life i'm not saying it's entirely inaccurate it's just a very strange version of my life but that's it my daughter my daughter phoned me up she said i've just seen your wikipedia page (laughs) i thought they were talking about somebody else i said i think they are (laughs) well he must have got his information from somewhere he was probably you know well, no, he, inter- he interviewed me, and he did a version of what I said. <laughs> but oh. it's, it was, it was, it's fine. You know, I don't care. I know I can change it, but I don't see the point. 
Yeah. I just, I love the idea of everybody getting the wrong idea about me. For some reason, I just find it amusing. Well, yeah. <laughs> you never know what you'll get out of it. You never know. Well, I'm a very, actually, very conventional person. But if you saw me with the tattoos and the piercings and everything and the Viking hairdo, you know, I don't look very conventional, but I am. I'm rather prudish, actually. Oh, drink tea. That's my English English <laughs> upbringing. Yeah, yeah tea at yeah. 4.30. Yeah. <laughs> Crumpets. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the only way to live. Wow. Well, that's mm. fascinating. I just, I love the idea of the books and, and, and everything. Um, so the best way to, for people, if they want to get a hold of you, is probably through Facebook then? Yeah, they can find me on Facebook. And if they, they want to just know about the Tell Me About It project, I can, they can just find me on Facebook, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't, don't send me any weird pictures. Don't, I don't want dick pics. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, no. No, no. Uh, uh, yeah, we, you can send them to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take all of those. Yeah, I'll take all of those. Well, pe- when people ask me, because uh, i got nearly 5,000 Facebook friends, if, when people ask me for a dick pic, I send them a picture of Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect. Yeah, the, you know. If I, can br- if, I can, if I can bring a little disappointment into somebody's life, I will. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. There's a, not like there's enough going going around now, but um, do you, what, so how do you feel about the young generation um, and the way gay life is changing, like with the apps and, and the way people are behaving? You know, a lot of clubs and things are, are shutting down and people are becoming more of online meetings and all that stuff. Do you, yeah. do, do you like yeah, the way the, the it's book. going? or? The book, the bookstores are disappearing, and the newspapers are disappearing. Uh, um, I'm in two minds. Obviously, I, I probably think the same as everybody else my age, you know. But um, you know, I don't think it's a good way to meet somebody online. But you know, I don't care. What I, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm standing back and I'm just accepting it for the what it is. I can't do anything about it. Um. I guess that we wanted to, I think what happened was we spent decades trying to show straight people that we were just the same as them, and now we proved that we are. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, you know. Right, right. Kind of get mixed in with the crowd and and not as... Well, yeah, because I think, uh, think, yeah, it was... I'm not talking about, you know, the oppression and that, but we did seem to be more creative in, in the arts. I think, of course, a lot of the great artists came from the AIDS epidemic when people were expressing their feelings in art and in writing and in movies and everything. And um, I, don't, I don't see a lot of that. I don't see a lot of young people being that creative and original. Maybe, but then, on the other hand, I don't want to go back to the time when people were just arrested for just being themselves, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and yeah it's, nothing, it's, it's really nothing to do with me, the, new, the next generation. It's their business. You know, all, all I want to do is document the lives of anybody, any LGBTQ 
perspective wants to tell their story because I think the stories are really important. Yeah, yeah. Now, now this one is 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 published through Rattling Good Yarns Press. Rattling so, Good Yarns Press, yeah. yeah. So we can put their website up on our website, so people can link to that yeah. if they want to find the book and all that. And yeah. uh, wow, it's it's been it's it's always a pleasure talking uh, to someone that's uh, lived a life. And um, you know, every, everybody's lived a life. Yeah. Everybody's lived a life. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit exotic because I came from England. You know, and that's about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because everyone's gay in England, right? So. Everybody, I, I, you know, I am actually the Queen of England. I'm just waiting for the other old bitch to drop dead, <laughs> and I'll be back. I'll be going back. I'll You're be walking back. up that aisle. I know my throne is up there. I will walk up that aisle in my heels, and I'll bitch slap anybody that gets in my way because that's my throne. Yeah. Yeah. And you the first the, thing I'm going to do as queen, I'm going to get make sure everybody has fabulous drapes. Yeah, yeah. and get get that and Boris Johnson, Johnson cleaned up. Be, yeah, yeah. Boris Johnson needs to be drowned. That's yeah. what. <laughs> oh, good good luck with that one. Yeah, you know. What a mess! My friends in England are like, "What's going on?" I don't know. Well, we just, well I think. I think with the U.S. and Britain, I think a lot of it is because people like I'm 58, and just I think we thought a lot of these issues were resolved, and that we've moved on, you know, with abortion and and, right. and gay rights and even the racism thing. And it seems like it seems like we're going through it all over again. Well, it's always been there. It's just now they've got this thing at the top. They've managed to put their idiot on the top of this heap. And so it validates that what they've always believed. I've always, this, this country has always been racist. In England, I, I don't know. It's not quite so bad. In England, we hate the French. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's the same. And I have to admit, I'm not keen on them myself. You know, but, yeah. but it's not... <laughs> But I don't. I didn't grow up in this. My my parents were very left wing, and if I had said anything racist, they would have slapped me. You know. Yeah. I didn't grow up with this atmosphere. I come over here, and it's like um, I have never. I thought all this had ended. I honestly thought the racism had ended in this country. That's how ignorant I was, and it was only through African Americans working on the newspaper that I learned that all this stuff was going on, you know. Yeah. I don't I don't understand it. I, I just don't get it. I'm baffled yeah. by the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. No, we get we yeah, understand totally. Well, it's been fascinating. Um again, our guest has been Saint Suki de la Croix and his book is Tell Me About It Three. It's the LGBTQ Secrets, Confessions, and Life Stories. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. has been completed.
The end. By George, he's got it. It is the end. I'll see you. If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Wave Media.